Heavenly Father, we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you for this awesome day, which is a celebration of all the things that you have done for us whilst we've been in shutdown. And we rejoice in the opening of this, your home, for us to meet once again and fellowship with one another in the spirit and in truth. And we thank you, Lord, that you will minister to us this morning what you want us to understand uh, seasons that are deep, seasons that are extremely difficult for many to understand. But we, your children, have been given the food from heaven to understand the truth and to prepare ourselves. And we thank you that every single one of us are going to be able to hear the voice of God speaking to us saying, this is the way walking in it. And we bless you this morning for your word in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. amen. This morning I want to talk to you about being bound in the Spirit. And what you see in the realm of the Spirit and what you know in the realm of the Spirit is what binds you in the Spirit. And as you look into it a little bit further, it is also meaning bound to the Spirit. One thing is to be bound in the Spirit, but there's also an aspect of being bound to the Spirit. Now what I want to do is I want to demonstrate something to you this morning about that. Can I have these cloths uh, please? Okay, we're going to use Rose School as an example. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are going to put this over her and we're going to wrap her in it, right, completely. Now, she is bound in the spirit. That means she's residing inside the spirit. Amen. And now she has to adhere to this and bind herself to the spirit. One thing is to have the Spirit envelop you and cover you and says, yes, I'm there for you. But the other thing is for you to be bound to the Spirit for what He has done in your life. And so, you know, let the Spirit that binds you, Holy Spirit that binds you, fill you also, even more so, that you will be so bound in the Spirit that you know you will break out of this box of the flesh and enter into the realm of the spirit which I believe is happening right now in your life and has been for some time or maybe as from my observations the better part of six months and it's building and it's building and it's building in you and it's going to break through okay you will never recognize yourself right because you're bound in the Spirit. You're no longer you. Amen. It's now Christ in you. Amen. So be blessed this morning. And remain bound in the Spirit. You can remove that if you like. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. So what you see or know in the Spirit realm. Is what binds you in the Spirit. Or binds you to the Spirit. And it is here in the Spirit realm that we have the birthing, the birthing of destinies, the birthing 
of what God has spiritually ordained for you and I. And dreams and visions that come from God are all coming from this realm of the spirit. Amen. So if you have a dream, for example, you're actually in the realm of the spirit. When the dream is from God, you're in the realm of the spirit with God. And God is, you know, impregnating you with something that he wishes you to have. Yes, you have to decipher the dream, you have to know what it means, and all of those things, but it has gone into your spirit. Now the moment you receive that dream, okay, and this is the key, just receiving it, when you receive that dream, it becomes your purpose, your destiny, your direction in life that God has purposed for you, if it is a dream such as that. So, same thing happened when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you became born again. So what happened was you were bound to the Spirit. You see, he said, hey, devil, that's mine. You take your filthy hands of that because that's now mine. Amen? This is the redeemed, purchased possession. They have given their lives to me. They're mine now. Now you are with me bound in the spirit so take yourself out of the flesh take yourself out of the flesh and start seeing into the realm of the spirit start looking into those things that come from the spirit realm of god that connect you to him the umbilical cord connection is now between you and god the father through the son by the holy spirit hallelujah you're no, you're no longer connected to the things of this world. So you've got to cut the soul ties because you can't have two connections. You can't be bound to two things at the same time because they're not of God. So what bound, what bind, what binds you is the Word of God. Amen. So let's go and have a look at our proof text this morning in Acts chapter 20. And this is going to speak to some of you about your ministries and what it is that God has purpose for you in your life. Uh, whether you have a ministry or you don't have a ministry. Something about what God decides to give you is going to begin to launch in your spirit this morning. Because I declare it and I decree it over you this morning that this will be the birthing of what God has prepared for you in Jesus name. Amen. So in Acts chapter 20 and verse 22, Paul is talking, Apostle Paul is talking and saying, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. <coughs> bound in the spirit. Now, you know, you've got to look at this. He said, what could have possibly made him say that? I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Now he's traveling all over the countryside, he's preaching the gospel, and he's come to a point where he is now determining to go to Jerusalem. So why not just say, I want to go to Jerusalem, or I am determined to go to Jerusalem. He didn't say that. He said, I am bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem and this is where you got to pay attention because his atmosphere has just shifted something has happened to his prophetic destiny 
and the atmosphere has shifted, he has grabbed something from the realm of the spirit that even he does not understand. <coughs> and he's now beginning to work and he's starting to speak something into the realm of the world and the atmosphere around him that is going to propagate, build up that which has already entered his spirit. And he's saying something that he believes and he determined, he's determined to do, but he has not yet understood the prophetic nature of it. Okay? And if you get into this book of Acts and you read that particular passage, you'll find that there were seven times in the book of Acts, okay, where he was physically bound. Hello, you're listening to me this morning. He was physically bound. And seven times there were prophecies over him. He confessed certain things. Certain things came to pass. And then he was physically bound by the centurion, by the, uh, the, the Roman uh, governor at the time. And then when he got to Rome, he was bound there as well in the castle. So he was speaking into this realm of the spirit having grabbed something from the spirit and now he was releasing it over himself please pay attention he's releasing it over himself and he's saying i am bound in the spirit he's not talking about his spirit he's talking about the spirit of god i'm bound in the spirit i'm enveloped by the spirit to do this one particular thing. So I said, what can possibly bind him in the spirit? Then I looked at it, the more I looked at it, I said, it was the word. Okay? So somebody spoke a word. And that somebody was God who spoke that word in the realm of the spirit that came over him and he began to speak something that even he did not begin to understand at that time in Acts 20, 2022. Right? And so the Lord tells us in Matthew 16 verse 19 By the word of God, whatever you bind on earth is bound in He just bound himself He just bound himself Be careful What you say over yourself Be very very careful about what you are saying right now about where you're at and how frustrated you may be or what the difficulties you are facing in life are be very very careful because that's the word that's going to bind you and it will operate in the realm of the spirit for good or for bad because out of your mouth shall come the words of life or death so be careful about how you use also what God gives you. Now, when you receive that word of God that talks over your life, Paul, Apostle Paul, you're going to Rome. But on the way was Jerusalem. So the further destination was to be met with another destination before that where he would be bound, where he would be arrested. Okay, and then there would outplay the prophetic word over his life for him to begin to understand, hey listen, this is serious man. 
You're not getting out of this because you're going to Rome. But you're going to Rome bound in chains. You're not going first class on Emirates, right? You're going bound. So that's why I said to you, set your face as flint. Set your face as flint, determining for yourself that what God said over your life, you are going to fulfill. No matter what. You're going to fulfill it. A determination. He determined. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. He said, I don't know what's going to befall me in Jerusalem. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has said that wherever I go from now on, I will be bound. Let's read it in Acts 20-23. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So the Holy Ghost has already spoken to him. So didn't God say to you already that when you become a Christian, you are going to have persecutions. You are going to suffer for righteousness sake. Not for your sake, for righteousness sake. But we think, oh, people are attacking us. No, they're attacking you because you're righteous. Right? They're not righteous, they know it. They hate it in you and they're attacking you for that. And Jesus, so you're bound. You put what you, many Christians are doing, they're trying to get out of this binding. They say, oh, if only I can have a peaceful life. If I can only have good health. If I can only have money in my bank. If I can only then I'll serve. No, no, no. You are serving the Lord exactly where you are. Where God has placed you and bound you in the spirit for you to be there. Amen. Yes. Amen? Yes. Because there's something happening in the realm of the spirit that you and I need to see. And if we don't see it and we don't know it. We won't know the word of God over our lives. You read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you still won't know it. Because it's not birthed out of the Bible. It is birthed out of the heart of God into you first. And then he confirms it by the word, by two or three witnesses. So Paul didn't know what he was saying till God began to speak to him and confirm it. So he said, the Holy Spirit is saying, every place, every city I go to, there will be bonds and afflictions and all this sort of stuff. And then other prophets started coming to town and they caught hold of Paul. They took the girdle of Paul and said, the man who owns this girdle, in the same way he shall be bound. And they demonstrated it and bound his hand, just like what I did with Rose. I know. I know what God is going to do with you. I know. It's in the realm of the Spirit. Okay? It's not translated into a ministry. <laughs> Please don't take it that way. It's not translated into a ministry. It could be. It's up to the Lord. What it's translated into is that the principalities and powers in heavenly places are saying, how can you choose this person? to do a job in Rome. 
we're going to attack him. And he got attacked every step of the way. From then on. He could have hopped off the bus just like Jesus could have at the Garden of Gethsemane. But he says he set his face as free. He had decided that the word over his life was to go to the cross. He's going to the cross no matter what. No matter what. And so was Paul. He was going to Rome no matter what. He couldn't see it. He didn't know how he was going to get there. He had no idea Jerusalem was on the way. His determination was Jerusalem. So he took the steps he knew to go forward. He didn't try to work out an end destination. His end destination was Jerusalem. Not yet Rome because he had not yet met Jesus in Acts 23 verse 11. When Jesus spoke to him and said to him, you are going to Rome. By then he wasn't changed in the castle already. And already the words of God over his life had come to pass in many, many instances between Acts 20 and Acts 20. So by now he was well versed with the, with the knowledge and the understanding that this is what God was going to do with him. Don't get out of the struggle that you are having with God because God is wrestling with you right now to bring you to a place he has prepared for you. Don't try to get out of it because you will terminate your prophecy. You will terminate it. So stay where God has told you to stay. In the realm of the spirit. So when that word comes to bind you. Right? That word is what keeps the prophecy alive. And in every situation, no matter how hard it gets, it may look like, when are you going to do this that you spoke to me about? How is it going to come to pass? You know, it looks like it's taking a turn to the left. It looks like it's gone over the hill. It looks like I'm climbing up a mountain. It looks like I've gone down to the depths of the sea. God said, it shall come to pass. The word was spoken. You accepted it, right? Now it shall come to pass. In God's way, in God's time. And you just have to go on the journey. Right? You just have to go on the journey. You know, one pastor, I just want to interlude this, one pastor in Sydney was watching the churches being built. He was young. And so he decided he'll borrow money and build a church building. Hmm. Well, one day he left a note for his wife to meet him on the top of the hill in Wollongong by the lighthouse where it was their favorite spot to be. He said, come and meet me there. So when she got home, she saw the note and he had taken off with the car so she somehow got to the top of the mount, the hill where the lighthouse was. And she found him dead in the car. He had gassed himself with a carbon monoxide dead in the car because he had chosen to borrow money and he couldn't now pay it back. So he decided to take his life. You know, <laughs> you've got to stay on the gym. Mm. Right? You've got to stay on the journey. Paul said when the ship was going down, he said to the centurion, you know, you must now stay on the ship, otherwise the people will fall down. There was a storm, there was a big storm in this world. Why did he say that? Because he knew he himself had to get to Rome and he, he would go to Rome because God said so. There was a pastor who was asked to go to Haiti or Haiti, whatever you want to call it, by the Lord. So he went to the airport 
And they said, no, the plane is full, you can't get on, and you don't have a visa, so you can't go there. So he said, listen, man, I've got to go there. You better take me on. And he said, no. And he just sat there by the gate. He said, it's up to you. And they had a problem with the plane. The plane couldn't take off. There was a mechanical problem or something like that. So they were looking at him and he just looked the other way. And an hour, an hour or two went by and they, they came to him and said, he said, I told you, you can't take off without me. <laughs> So they put him on the plane, the problem had not been solved, so they put him on the plane and within a few minutes the problem was solved and they took him. Hey listen, we are serving the most high God. Airlines, animals, snakes, Leviathan spirits, Jezebel spirits, I don't care what it is, they all have to listen to the word of God. Yeah, they will attack you, yes, they will do all that sort of stuff. But God's word will never fall to the ground void of what it is said. If you receive it, right? Now Joseph gets two dreams, he receives it. Right? And he goes and boasts about it and all that. And then 17 years of torture after that. False accusations, you know, imprisonment, near death situation. His own family turns against him. Say, Lord, what about those two dreams? No answer. No answer. Some of you are not getting answers. And you're pushing to get an answer and God's not even talking to you. He's not interested. Because you haven't received the word. And you haven't understood that this is not going to just come in like a, a big uh, drop of gold buckets or buckets of gold from the sky for you to make it all easy for you. It's going to come at a price. Right? The anointing costs something, folks. It's not just free, right? Like people have been preaching and teaching. It's all right. It'll all work out. No, it won't all work out. It has to be God who works it out for you. And you've got to accept it. Amen? So when it gets tough, there's a good reason. Because things are meant to get tough. The shutdown is meant to get tough so that something better can come out of it. But we got to get ready. So don't complain about the shutdown. Start looking at what's coming as a result of the word that God spoke to you during the shutdown. If you were listening. What you see through the word and the spirit is what can bind you if you receive it. That's the key. Joseph received the key. It bound him to that. Okay? He was bound in the spirit by the dreams he got because they were birthed in the heavenly realm and then brought down into his spirit. He's in a man and he received it upon earth and then it translated into what his destiny was. And what was his destiny? To be the forerunner so that Israel would be birthed in Egypt. There was no Israel, but it had been translated into a seed that had been put in Abraham, that had come to Isaac and into Jacob and then into Joseph and Joseph had to go into captivity in Egypt, create a place for a few million people to be 
born in that place, go through bondage for 400 years as promised to Abraham and prophesied to Abraham for this thing to come to pass. Israel was birthed in bondage. Guess what is being birthed in the shutdown? Ooh, you better watch out. Because what's coming to the earth? I joined the denominational prayer a couple of days ago at 7 o'clock in the morning. And they said uh, everybody was asked to share their thoughts. And I shared mine. And I said, you better watch out. I said, if you don't think outside of the box, you're going to be left in the box. And God will move on. And God will move on. Because nobody knows what has been prepared. But we all know in our spirit that it is glorious. Amen. We don't know what shape and form it's going to come in. And 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 kicks into play here. It says, what the eye has not seen, the ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, shall be there by the Spirit, revealed by the Spirit. Right? So if you if you love God and you're called by God according to His purposes, guess what? Something is coming to your doorstep and when the bell rings, you better answer it because it's going to be for you. Okay? It's going to be just for you. And Jesus Himself would be standing there and saying, Come on son, come on daughter, it's time to go. I've had enough supernatural encounters in my lifetime to tell you that this kind of scenario is going to multiply exponentially around the world. And you may not want to believe what people say about meeting God and meeting Jesus or being taken up to heaven or having an experience of a supernatural nature because you haven't had it. I said, oh, where is it in the Word? Let me see it in the Word. Then I'll believe. Well, the Word is standing in front of you and talking to you. Huh? And you're asking for the Word in a book. So don't forget to entertain strangers because an angel might have been visiting you. Show me your book, Lord, then I believe you. No, my friend. The days of that kind of theology is gone out. Okay? If he wants, he can confirm it afterwards. He will always confirm by his word. Don't get me wrong. On the day of Pentecost, he just told Peter and the gang, Go and wait in Jerusalem, I shall send you power from on high. They were bound by that word. They went and waited. They said, no, Jesus said, you couldn't have gone out for a cup of tea, believe me. You couldn't have. 120 people sat there and prayed. They prayed and prayed and prayed. Because if you had gone out for a cup of tea, suddenly, you would have missed the sudden leaks. And the Holy Ghost would have fallen and you would be watching it. And saying, what are these crazy fellows doing talking in our languages? And that's what they were doing. Right? Rocking and a rolling and a reeling. Right? Hey, you miss it? Don't miss it? Please, whatever you do, don't go to God and say, Theology, doctrine, you know, I want to see it in the Bible, please. 
It was after the day of, uh, of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Peter got up and said, listen, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't worry about this. This is what Joel prophesied. And you know that God prophesied it before Joel prophesied it? In Abraham. Go and read Galatians 3, 13 and 14. It says that you might receive the blessings of Abraham through Christ Jesus, the promise of the Spirit. Long, 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 long before Joel even said anything about it. Right? And here we are, Pentecostals, born of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and we're still talking theology. Still arguing with God about His Word. And he says, I can't talk to you anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore because you don't want to listen. Now here's Paul on his journey because he's bound in the spirit. Look, it may, it will not make sense to you as to how it will play out itself because it is spirit driven. Amen? You know? It's spirit driven. It's got nothing to do with you or me. Suddenly you hear a voice inside of you saying, go and pray for that person. Or, you know, see that way wheelchair patient, stand up and tell them to walk. Tell them to stand up and walk. It's coming. And you know, like what Shalman said, you'll miss it if you don't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I need two witnesses. Uh, let me check up my Bible, you know, is this of God? You'll miss it. Absolutely miss it. I trained myself with the Holy Spirit. I began to get into the mind of the Spirit. I said, what does it take me to walk with the Holy Spirit in what He wants to do? Not what I want to do, or what a denomination tells me to do, or what that pastor who I'm visiting to preach in his church is going to tell me to do. Oh, you only have 20 minutes to preach, okay? And make the message and encourage it. And you are there to rebuke the whole church, right? And he tells you, you've got to make it an encouraging one. You know what you do? I do. I just say, yes, Pastor, no problem, man. Because I know the Holy Spirit's going to take it out of his hand, and he's going to take it out of my hand. And then, like I went to Mauritius. And the guy said, so I heard you're a prophet. I said, no, no, I'm not a prophet. And the car filled with uh, an atmosphere that was as thick as butter. You're going to cut it with a knife. And I said, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be with this guy for three days in his house. And the first day, seven people gave their lives to the Lord. And he looks at me and says, yeah, I suppose that's something. And I thought, what kind of a man is this? That he can just buy the by seven souls. And the next day, a witchcraft man came and uh, wanted to challenge me and he was telling the people there, I'm going to challenge this chap, who's he, why do you say he's a prophet and blah, 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 blah. So I told the pastor, I'm going to pray. I went into the room and I prayed. And immediately the Lord showed me an open vision of him pouring out the Spirit from hell, from heaven, from the earth. And I said, Lord, are you coming tonight? For the meeting? He did not say. He came. At three o'clock, uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, the meeting started. And he came and he wiped the entire church out, something like 250 to 300 people. Wiped them out. I did the normal, I preached. 
I didn't know what was going to happen. Because I was under a lot of pressure by this pastor to perform. And I said, I'm not going to perform. I'm not here to perform. Okay, my years of experience and training is not going to make me perform. It's going to make me humble myself and reduce myself to nothing. That's what my training and experience is going to do. And when I did that, the Holy Spirit came and wiped the whole church. Then he looks at me and he says, this is what I wanted. Yeah. I thought, man, how do you deal with people like that? You know? And that's why I say to you, you know, this church has been purposed by God in the Spirit for a time that He will use it like never before. And as long as you go and talk to Him about doctrine and theology and you, you, you start shaping your prayers in that way and God bless Calvary Assembly, they've lost their vision, they don't know where they're going, they don't know what they're doing, can't you see there are no people in the church and you know they're coming, they're going, maybe there's something wrong with Pastor Noble, you know maybe there's something else and blah 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 and here you are praying soulish prayers into heaven and the devil's laughing and saying oh yeah good on your mind, now I've got a hold of this, this is my legal right over Calvary Assembly. Don't bless me. Bless God's vision here. Whether I carry it out, or God chooses somebody else to carry it out, or that He chooses someone else after that to carry it out. That's His purpose. Come to that place where you die to yourself and die to all of those things and say, God, this is not about me. This is about you and your glory. And then you say, Paul knew that. That's why he bound himself. He could have said, no, I've had enough. I've been beaten black and blue everywhere I've gone. You know, stripes and shipwrecks and snakes biting me and blah, 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 blah. I could, he could have quit. He didn't. Because he was bound to the Spirit. Joseph didn't quit because he was bound to the Spirit. He said, I will not sin against God. I will not sin against God. He could have had that woman anytime he wanted. He said, no. There are temptations that will come. Subtle ones. They don't have to be something huge. Just simple things can come to deviate you from the purposes of God. That have already been spoken into your life and already been decided that this is the way you must walk. But you know, you're looking for tributaries. They're still attached to the vine, but you're looking for branches, talents, gifts. How well you do on the stage. That's those kinds of gone. Okay, just, just let's not get into that. Let's get into what God is talking about. So it won't make a lot of sense. Okay, but it will come to pass. Some of you have been given promises, but it has not come to pass, or has been delayed, or even attacked by the enemy. And that's going to come. Definitely going to come. But we must believe in God that He delivers on His promises. Abraham got a promise from God. He said, come on, I have, you have blessed me, but I don't have an heir. Mm. Right? So God said, okay, I'll give you one. But you, he didn't tell him you had to wait 25 years. 
or that you know you 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 will be impotent by the time I decide to act upon you. Now you just imagine yourself, okay? You've been waiting, praying faithfully to God about something, and you say, let's say your ministry, and now you're like this. Hey, aren't you Pastor Noble? Yeah. Uh, what happened to you, man? I don't know. I'm still waiting on God. How old are you now? Hundred years old. I'm still waiting on God. So what are you waiting for, brother? Don't you know you're old and you can't, you're going to, your grave has already been prepared? No, I'm still waiting on God. He told me that I will have an heir. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. When you believe in God that what He said He will do. And if it is God, He will confirm it in His word to you 500 times, 1000 times. You know, it's all there. Genesis to Revelation. It's happening. It's happening now. People are being released into their ministries that they have been waiting on for ages. All of a sudden God said, okay, come on, get up, stand for you to go. We must have faith that God will deliver. Peter said something about promises. He said, it is through the promises of God that we partake of the divine nature of Christ. We had communion today. We took, we partook of the divine nature of Christ. But there's another way. It's through the promises. Right? You're partaking of the divine nature of Christ. I said, okay, now what are you talking about, Lord? And he says, I'm taking you into the realm of the Spirit through the promises. He said, I'm associating you with Christ. And through Christ, you will have the promises I have given you. You don't get it separate to Christ. See, a lot of us have said, I'm born again. I'm a Christian. So, therefore, I must have the promises. Mistake. Big mistake. You don't have it separate to Christ. Christ must be formed in you for you to get the promise. Amen? Our sister here, beautiful lady, accepted Jesus yesterday. Christ is formed in her. And he's starting to form birth. She's a new birth. Now, she's not going to just grab hold of promises straight away. And it becomes active in her life straight away. They're there. But she has to mature. She has to grow. She has to come into Christ. She has to start making those difficult decisions. And then she will know Christ. She will know what kind of decisions Christ had to make. In order for him to obey his father. It says that he learned obedience through sufferings. What, didn't he know that before he came to earth? Obviously not. So he learned it. So was Paul. 
you know, a great man of God, but he was learning a new realm of the spirit and of obedience to God. And so he decided that he would bind himself to the spirit because now the word had come and he can't get out of it because if he does, he'll die and he'll lose what God had purposed for him from the beginning of time, his time. And there it was. Now he had to choose. He said, I'm going, I'm going to choose. I'm not stopping. So we must have faith. God said to Habakkuk, it will come. But it will come at the appointed time, not before that. So some of us are trying to have a premature birth. So we go away that surrogacy. Like Sarah. Right? Try to make the promise happen. Before it's time or through some other method or means. It doesn't. Say, God, it's taking so long, I'm getting older. Say, wait, wait, we'll come at the appointed time. What's the appointed time? When you're 99. <laughs> See, it's a test of faith. That's what you're going through now. You and I are going through. It's a test of faith. He's not just going to pour out something over you because you decide to have it. It's valuable to Him. Right? And he has to give it to people who are faithful, who will take a read my teaching letter today, the test of faithfulness. You'll be shocked at what God put through, put people through in order for them to get what they got. Right? So we must come to that place where we say, okay, God, I saw it in the spirit. I know it's valid, and now it becomes a reality on earth. And then it begins to operate. Now you may not always see it with your eyes. Like Val operates in the word of knowledge. Doesn't necessarily see it with her eyes. Whereas Jackie can see things with her eyes. Right? But Val knows, she sees. So she sees and knows, Val knows and sees. That's how it works. So what you know, you don't have to necessarily see. It will come afterwards, right? And then you will know that what you knew, you're seeing now. So then you say, oh wow, I mean, I never saw this before. Of course you did. But you knew it. You say, I saw it, but I don't know it. Okay, okay, you, now you know it. So that's the way it works. And God is telling the church, listen, I'm going to do something that's going to shape this world in a good way through the church. I've shaken it through coronavirus. Maybe other bad things are going to come, but I'm going to shake it through the church in a good way. It's going, church is going to become the place where people are going to come and want what you have because they see you standing in the midst and all around you is darkness and they see it cannot touch you. They say, how? So you come into the spirit. That's how. I'm bound in the spirit. That thing cannot pass the spirit. It cannot pass the bloodline. It cannot pass the word of God. Because I believe. So when Paul was bitten by the snake in the island of Malta, they thought, oh, he's going to die. He said, this guy must be a really bad guy to be bitten by a snake. And then he just shook it off. And he didn't die as they waited upon him to die. Then they said, no, no, he must be a man of God. <laughs> Suddenly they changed their mind. Right? 
and then healing miracle signs and wonders took out started happening in Malta and possibly the whole of Malta in the, in the village where he was got saved. Wow. So you know Paul knows something. He said, look I might be bound in the spirit but that doesn't stop me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing or stop God from using me. So you, you, you're stuck inside your house and shut, and shut down. You, you don't have to be non-used, you can be used. Mm-hmm. Amen? And God is doing to those people who are willing to listen. So you can give a word of knowledge, you can give a word of encouragement, you can say to someone about Jesus loves you, or whatever it is. You know, pick up the phone. You, don't, you just don't sit there and wait for heaven to fall on top of the Right? You do it, it's already living inside of you. Now what Paul was going through in the spirit was going to translate into the natural and that's the way it works. What was it going to translate to? Into natural ropes, into natural chains. But what was the purpose of that? To complete his course. To complete his course, his race and his destiny. And that's why he said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in God. So all these things don't bother me anymore. All my, my achievements in life, they don't bother me anymore. I'm now pressing for something bigger. Hey, I'm telling you, don't just wait for a word of knowledge or a prophecy and think you've touched the Spirit of God. Okay? Or one soul got saved or some miracle happened, you know, don't hang by for that and build your ministry on that. The whole of heaven, okay, listen to me, the whole of heaven, the, all the angelic hosts, the cloud of witnesses, they're all there waiting to burst in on earth. They need an avenue. The avenue is you. The avenue is you. And if you train yourself in the spirit and you bind yourself to the things of God in the spirit, it will begin to happen. Right? And it will flow out of you because you will just be a vessel. You are not going to, you know, come there or do something with some great understanding. You are just going to be an obedient vessel standing there and God uses Amen. That's what you've got to become, is alienate yourself. So Paul did that in Philippians 3. He said, no longer I, Galatians 2.20, no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. Now the life that I'm living in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, so it must be for us. That because I have bound myself to the knowledge and the understanding of Christ. Because of that. Because now he's so real to me. He's real, more real to me than you are standing in front of me. So whoa, what's going on over here? I'm in touch with the supernatural. Are you a psychic? No, I'm not. Are you a witch? No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. He sang them today. I'm a child of God. And the natural has to give way to the supernatural that is in me 
so that the supernatural can have its way and the kingdom of God can be established upon the earth. And that's why Paul was going in chains to Rome because he said in Acts 23, 11, he appeared to him in the castle. I would love to be a fly on the wall and Jesus was saying to Paul, now be of good cheer. And he was Paul in chains, he could have said, oh, come on, give me a break, let me get the chains off or something like that, you know. What do you mean be of good cheer? You just, you know, make my life a misery. No, no, be of good cheer. You're going to Rome just as you witnessed to me in Jerusalem. You're going to Rome to be my witness. So what did he say when he said to the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem for the power from on? And then what did he say? You will be my witnesses. The doors are going to open for some of us. And then you will be asked to go and be his witness. You don't know where what it's gonna come and you are expected to go and be his witness and if at that time you say no okay if at that time you say no i'm not i'm too busy my kids my family my land my this my life my no they say okay i've got somebody else see you because the time is very short okay he's not interested in your fears but what may be He's interested in your obedience and accepting his word and then it will happen. We are constantly in that battle between us and understanding and accepting what God says. You see for us, just as for Paul was a, de a destination was Jerusalem, our destination, our end destination has become New Jerusalem. Right? New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem is waiting to come upon this earth. Yet several sequences of events have to happen before that happens. But, where is your desire? Oh God, if you can just give me another job. Or if you can just do this for me or do that for me. He says, my little children, it's the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you're asking me for another job. Why don't you ask me for the kingdom? Why don't you ask me for what is of the kingdom? Then we'll see about another job. Because what is of the kingdom is of the spirit. And it will come to us on earth as we open our hearts to God. Our, our destination is to be the bride of the bridegroom and that is something that you and I cannot even imagine what could mean. And this is the last front. The sequence of events that have to happen, I have no idea how long it's going to take. I know they have to happen. But you know, God can shorten the days for the sake of the elect. That's what he said he will do. Right? Shorten the days for the sake of the elect, lest they lose their faith. So when that happens, and it will happen, that which people are saying is prophetically going to take so many years, can become very short. Now what if none of these things happen in your lifetime? And you die. 
is New Jerusalem waiting for you? Are you prepared for New Jerusalem? Is your heart ready for New Jerusalem? Because you're waiting for revival or you're waiting for something else to come and you're thinking, oh yeah, some people have this thing that they will live on earth forever. No, you've got to die first, then come back and live on earth forever. Right? So we are at this time, this is the last run and I'm, I'm sensing an urgency about it. I'm sensing that it's going to become worse and then in that worse situation, God is going to move so powerfully. See, don't get moved by what becomes bad. Even if God told you it's going to become bad. Don't get moved by it. Peter was told he's going to be hung upside down on a cross and that was his method of death. It did not change his ministry. It propelled him towards it. He was bound in the spirit. The word had bound him. He said, no, I will die upside down on a cross and that's exactly how he died. He may have even spoken it over himself. But Jesus spoke it over him. And it came to pass. Right? So there are prophetic things that you cannot ignore. Like when I had a dream about coming to this place, this part of the world, to be a pastor. I mean, it was a horrendous dream. It was a dream that I could not have, you know, imagined. I said, no, 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 what is going on over here? Why are you sending me there? But you know, when I came here, the, the prophecies that subsequently followed the original prophecy began to manifest. And the kind of miracles, signs and wonders that took place in my life, my family's life, were beyond imagination. Nothing that I had seen or known or understood would happen, began to happen because the prophetic word was over my life about where I should be. I wanted to run. A thousand times I wanted to run. I even heard the voice of God say to me, No, you can't quit. You see, when He says, No, you can't quit, you're bound. Yes. You're bound. You, can't, you don't quit because if you quit, you're finished because He just spoke that word of you. But you can't see anything. You can only see darkness. You can see only pain and sorrow and suffering. And He said, God, what are you talking about? Don't quit. The best thing to do in this situation is to run. Said so, no, you stand. The best thing in this situation for you to do is stand and withstand. Easy for you to say, Lord. He said, no, you don't understand. I'm standing and withstanding with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got a paradigm shift in my thinking now. I've got to read my word. You mean to say, you're doing it, not me? Yes, I'm glad you finally woke up. I'm doing it, not you. Oh, but all along I thought I had to do it. No. I'm telling you what I'm going to do through you, and I'm doing it, not you. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. 
It means to say that I should diminish and you should increase. Yes, you got it. But, uh, you know, I can prophesy. Oh, why the other day I raised somebody from the dead and, you know, I did a few things here and there, you know, in my time. And God's saying, this guy doesn't learn. He hasn't learned yet. That when you give a testimony about what God did through you, you give the glory to Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Yes. You're just a vessel. Paul was just a vessel. He was bound in the spirit. He did those things. Like one, one guy in a crusade, one great man of God, the Lord said to him, you want to go to the next level? And he said, yes. He said, there's a blind man standing in front of you. He said, so what do you want me to do, Lord? He said, put saliva on your finger and put it on his eyes. So this guy looked around, <laughs> right? and he went like that and he put it on that guy's eyes, his eyes didn't open. And the Lord said, I said, put saliva, not like that. It should be dripping off your finger. So he said, thank God this man was blind. <laughs> and he did it. And the guy's eyes opened. Come on, you know, it's not us, it's God who's doing it. You just have to be obedient, amen? You have to be obedient. So when God speaks a word over you, you're bound by that word, and you bind yourself to it, don't become wishy-washy, right? And start saying, oh, maybe, maybe not, it's taking a long time, this is blah, blah, blah. God's not interested, only the devil's interested in the negativity. So the only thing that matters is the word, the rima word. Okay, I believe that we are like a sperm that's finding its way through the hundreds of thousands of sperm to go and join itself with what has been prepared in the prophet. And there's a struggle. There's a struggle over your life. One day a guy came to me for prayer, you know, and he had seriously, he had got a serious problem with his family. There we were sitting on the top of my terrace, open sky, and he was sharing his problems with me. And I looked at him, and I, my spiritual eyes were open, and there were hundreds of demons over his head, fighting him. Fighting for him. Fighting for his soul. Fighting for his destiny. Fighting for the power on his life. Fighting to get him away from God and away from his family and away from all the things God had purposed in his life. And the same battle is going on over you and over this church. Not the building, but the church itself. The, 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 the dynamic, the DNA of this church, the seed of this church. Planted 40 years ago, 45 years ago. Who knows how long ago? Before the foundations of the earth. And God's been bringing people after people after people to keep that seed alive and well through that word. And that word cannot be changed over you, except you let it be changed over you. Well, it's time to go pack your bags. There's no, no problem. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Bye. You're going to heaven. We bless you. Right? 
They put you in a coffin and bury you or burn you. You know, you're already gone long before all that happens. You've reached your final destination. You're with Jesus. He says, for me is laid up a crown of gold in heaven. I have finished my purpose. I have finished my journey. Let me go. What's your problem, church? Let me go. I've finished my journey. And they wanted him to stay. But he said, no, I've done it. I'm going. See you around. He said, because after I go, grievous wolves will come into this church and they will destroy you. He saw that as well in the realm of the spirit. And that's what God doesn't want. That's why God is raising up a people who will stand strong for the body of Christ that he has purposed. Grievous wolves are trying to shut down the church worldwide. But guess what's happening? As they press down on us, we are oozing out into every part of the world. Like melted cheese going everywhere. Right? It's happening because now media has taken over. I'm telling you, the kind of ministry you will now do will be so different. Right? You can send a word over the airway. Then you don't have to touch anybody. You don't have to touch anybody. Pick up the phone, get on a Skype or a Zoom call and say, look into my eyes. You're going to be delivered now. You're going to be blessed now. I bless you. And then bang, 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 those things start happening. All the time. All the time. That's what I'm practicing. That's what I'm doing. And I get feedback. It's happening. Well, thank you, Pastor, for praying. Somebody from India, thank you for praying. The other day, a few days ago, the Lord said to me, call up your cousin. The one you went and visited and activated in India, call him up, send him a message, and tell him to start a house church. I said, okay. So I just sent him a message and I said, hey cousin, this is what the Lord told me. He sends a message back saying, you won't believe it, God told me the same thing, I'm going to start a house church. I didn't have to go there, I had already been there, activated him. And I'm thinking, I have to go there and encourage him and strengthen him. I was telling Mark and Lydia that you don't have to get into your car and go and drive 20 miles and all this sort of stuff to deliver a person. Those days are gone. And then you're praying over yourself that you're not going to have an accident going up there or coming back and thinking, oh, the demons are attacking me and this and that. Hey, listen. The demons have no power. You've got the power. Amen. Use it. You are the authority on this earth. Use it. So, the time has come when these kind of struggles are going to emerge and going to bring out something that you never thought was possible. I see a lot of people pressing in to get saved. We've got to allow them to come in and get saved and bless them. You know, personally, I am emerging with a new understanding and a desire in God. That's what's been happening to me in coronavirus and before that. Something new is beginning, happening in me. 
One of those things is the love of God. A new understanding of the love of God. That I didn't have, maybe you have, but I didn't. And it's emerging. I was telling Bao the other day, I said it's just a little tadpole. But I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying hard to build out of it what God wants me to build. I'm practicing it as much as possible. There are times when I can't because I'm also weak in the flesh. These are spiritual things. They're not easy to contain. You have to be expanded and enlarged in your spirit to get that and keep it. So as I spend time, I begin to realize God is emerging a new I'm, transi I'm transitioning. I'm coming out of something into something that he has prepared for me. I'm like a baby being given birth into something new. And your mind's skin is getting ready to be taken up. And the new skin and the new wine is getting ready to be poured out. Now I don't understand it fully. But I am desiring it. And I'm saying, God, whatever it costs, that's what I want. Now when you pray a prayer like that, you better believe it costs something. But if you've already paid the price, right? And if you've struggled through life, yes, that was the price. But you stay faithful. You stay faithful. So now, Stand up, please. Stand up. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. I'll say to you again. Wednesday night, the Lord spoke to me and said, Just as much as you have struggled, so also you shall be rewarded. And now is coming the reward. It's drawing close. And you're going to begin to visualize it because it's going to manifest in your sight. And let it come now. Open your eyes. Don't close your eyes, but open your heart. And push aside everything else and say, Lord, I want what you got for me. Come on, verbalize it. Lord, Lord I, want I want what you got, what you for, got me. for me. Expand me, Expand me. And, enlarge me and enlarge me to receive it. To receive it. Let, my eyes Let my eyes and my mind, and my mind know, it. know it and help me. Help me. Through it, through it, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now open your heart, I'm going to pray, and begin to receive. Father, I release in the name of Jesus, that which you have purpose for your children right now, that nothing will hold it anymore. In Jesus' name, nothing will hold it anymore, because you have paid the price. The blood has been paid in Jesus' name. And it shall come right now.
and every doubt and unbelief and self-examination, condemnation, unforgiveness, all those things must leave now, murder must leave now in Jesus' name. And be released into the new things God has for you right now. That miracles, signs and wonders, things you didn't have to do will start coming to your doorstep. Blessings will come like you've never had before in Jesus' name. And that which you've been waiting on for years will become yours. Become yours. It's yours. Because I've paid the price for it, says the Lord, it's yours. Right now, in Jesus' name. And no devil can take Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Lord, pour out your spirit upon us. In Jesus' name, release the mighty power of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fill up. Fill up. Fill up. New joy. New peace. New understanding. Come to her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if you have a need this morning, but if you do something that you're waiting on, something that's ongoing in your life that you need sorted out, again, the Lord wants to help you this morning. Just petition the Lord in your heart with you. Tell Him what it is, and then what it Thank you, Lord. For that which, Lord, they are petitioning you right now. I speak on their behalf, and I pray on their behalf, that, Lord, you will release that which the devil has been holding all this time. And I cut his power over it in Jesus' name. And that which you have purpose to give them, Lord, shall come to them in Jesus' name. No more delays. No more delays. No more delays in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now is the appointed time. Now it shall happen in Jesus' name. Amen.